We've been involved on a series um, called Perspective. Recall this picture was a friend of mine took it. Uh, it's a picture of a weed that I don't think much of. And um, when he took that picture, uh, people liked it and they wanted to buy it and all this stuff. And I thought it was just a weed. Sometimes how perspective changes the way that we see things if we look at it through just a little bit different light. I talked about the perspective of limitations. You know how in life sometimes there's things that we just can't do. Sometimes we come to these mountains or these walls that we just can't get through. And sometimes God leads by the limitations in our lives. I talked last week about uh, the, the, the perspective of greatness. I mean, we perceive greatness in a lot of different ways, but the Scripture was really clear and defined greatness basically as service or picking up the towel that you need to pick up to serve others in this life. Uh, to get started this morning, I'm a parent, and, and you know, as parents, sometimes our kids say funny things or whatever. The English language, it's such a complicated language. If you ever really try to learn the English language? I want to talk about something that I never heard about in school, but I came across this week. It's words called contronyms. I'd never heard of that before. But what a contronym is, is the word that means the exact opposite of itself, depending on the way you use it. Talk about the confusion of the English language. My son, Graham, to this day, if he says, Dad, I want to hold you, that doesn't mean he's going to pick me up and hold me. That means I'm supposed to pick him up and hold him. That's kind of the idea of a contronym. When I say the word sanction, what do most people think about? Sanction. What's a sanction? A safe place. That's a okay. And Walt was going to a a, a restriction on a on a person, like a sanction. When we sanction someone, it can become a restriction. Or if I sanction something, it can be an endorsement. Do you see how sanction it means the exact opposite of itself? Oversight. What is oversight? You missed something. What else is oversight? You saw everything. Oversight. You know, I'm providing oversight to this whole thing. I'm seeing overlook is another way of looking at this. An overlook. You can go out to this out, out west of town. There's an overlook where you can see all of Crawford, or you can overlook the smallest detail. It means the exact opposite of itself. Uh, left. What does left mean? Not in the direction, but left. To leave, to go, or it can be what's remaining. I left the table, but there were three cookies left. That never happened. <laughs> Dust. It depends on what you're doing. We dust. Our furniture to remove dust? And we dust our crops to give dust. I mean, you see how it just depends on how you use it. Seed is the same thing, right? 
We seed, we sow something, we're, we're seeding it, we're, we're sowing seed, or we seed like a tomato or an, an avocado or whatever. You, you take the seeds out. depends on how you're using it. Do you see how perspective, clip, I clipped the coupons. What does that mean? Does it or does it mean I put a bunch of coupons together with the paper clip? You see what I mean? The word perspective, it's so important that, that we're speaking from our perspective, but, but sometimes what we're communicating, people are understanding where they're at. They're seeing it from, from where they're at. Well, we have an awesome filter that God has given us. It's an awesome filter for understanding that we need to utilize in order to gain kingdom perspective or just God's understanding of, of, of these situations or circumstances in our life. So we're looking at perspective. We want to look through the word of God because I don't want to be doing the opposite of what God has told me to do. I want to be obedient. I want to be experiencing all that he's promised. So I need to gain proper perspective. This morning, the word we're going to talk about is one that I will tell you everyone in this room is going to love. It's one that I will say we wrestle with continually. One that as I've looked at in life, the world's perspective versus the word's perspective are so different. Even as we look at this, we're going to see what was in the word's perspective but versus what is in the word's perspective as being very different understandings because of the cross and what Jesus Christ accomplished. The word I want to talk about today is forgiveness. A kingdom perspective on forgiveness. We're going to be in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to start in verse 21 and read quite a bit. I think it's through about verse 35. As you turn there, as you look at the screen, I'm going to just pray the anointing continue. Father, we thank you for your anointing in this place. We thank for your, you for your faithfulness to this body. We thank you that this morning you desire to speak to our hearts. We thank you that this day you've prepared this message for us to hear. And so, God, we ask that you would allow us to hear from you. Father, we submit ourselves, our thoughts, our ideas, our plans to you. We submit our ears and our minds and our hearts to you. We just ask that you would speak to us. God, for myself, for me as the pastor, I lay down myself before you, asking for your anointing and your very word to come forth. It's the Spirit of God who brings life. And Spirit of God, I pray you speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Talking about forgiveness, Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Peter feels pretty good about his answer, by the way. Should I forgive someone seven times for doing the same offense to me? Uh, Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but 70 times seven. Some versions will say 77 times. Other versions will say 77 or 70 times seven. Depending on your verse, it's not really the number that he's talking about. So we don't get to have a chart on our wall that when we get to 77 or 490, we're done forgiving. The idea was this is... This is a, a, an, an exponential forgiveness. 
For this reason, the kingdom of heaven was compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he didn't have the means to repay his Lord, commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had, and the repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii, and seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him out into prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And the Lord, moved with anger, handed him over to torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly Father will do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. I want to talk about a kingdom perspective on forgiveness. Because I believe forgiveness in the world's eyes versus forgiveness in the world's lens are, are, are very different. They're very, very uh, diverse in, in, in their understanding. Peter came to Jesus with a question. Hey, let's get this whole forgiveness thing out of the way. You know, if someone hurts me, uh, do I have to just keep forgiving them is what he's asking, really. I mean, if they keep stepping on my toe, do I have to keep forgiving them? If they keep offending me in the same way, they keep saying that same, they keep wearing that same Pittsburgh Steeler jersey, do I really have to forgive them every time? And so all of a sudden, uh, Jesus' response, I think, catches Peter off guard because it's a new understanding. This is new stuff. What does the Old Testament say about forgiveness? Leviticus chapter 24. We're going to look at a contronym here in Scripture. Anyone who injures their neighbor is to be injured in that same manner. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. The one who has inflicted injury must suffer the same injury. Whoever kills an animal must make restitution. But whoever kills a human being is to be put to death. You are to have the same law for foreigner and native board. I am the Lord your God. Forgiveness in the Old Testament was restitution. You hurt me, I'll hurt you. You call, That's my forgiveness in my kids' eyes. You know what I'm saying? You punch me, I'll punch you back. That's the way my kids function. And if I don't get to punch you back, it's not fair. I mean, that's, that's where Peter, that's what Peter would have studied these words, right? This was the law. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Fracture for fracture. Death for death. Peter thinks he's doing good when he says, hey, seven times I can forgive someone. But see, Jesus, in the New Testament, he gives us the perspective. He says in Matthew chapter 5, you've heard it was said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. 
But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them your other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, give your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile with them, go two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. It's just a completely different perspective. What's different? I mean, I like the eye for an eye. You know what I mean? Like the flesh in us. That just sounds fair. That sounds just. So I'll forgive. Let me poke your eye out first and then I'll forgive you for poking mine. We'll be fine. Everything's okay. Jesus is saying in the New Testament, no. There's something There's something different about forgiveness that we have to understand. And so Jesus answers this forgiveness question with a parable. Of course, because Jesus has to confuse us more, right? I mean, come on. He says, it's like there was a a, a rich Lord who had a servant who owed him 10,000 talents. Does anyone know what a talent is? A talent is approximately 15 to 20 years wages. So 10,000 times 15 to 20 is a lot of years wages owed. More money than you'll see in your lifetime, your kid's lifetime, your kid's kid's lifetime. I mean, that's really what, what the, the debt is. It's an unpayable debt insurmountable debt that is owed to this, this Lord. And so Jesus is saying that, that the, with the model he gives us is that the Lord goes to settle his debts and, and he pulls up Walt and he says, Walt, well, this is how much you owe me. And Walt says, I can't pay that. He says, that's fine, I'm going to sell you, carry Megan, Trevor, and then we'll call it even. Right? And that's really the reality of the story. And Walt began to plead his case. The servant began to plead their case and say, just have pity on me. I'll do whatever I can to repay that debt. I'll do what it takes. I'll work extra shifts at the mine. I'll sell fruit at this corner. Um, Whatever I have to do to repay this, I'll wash pastor's Jeep or his truck whenever he asks me to. I mean, all these things that I can do to make... I mean, that's what the servant's heart... He, 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 he lays his case before the king. And what does the Lord do? He has empathy. If we're going to be able to have kingdom forgiveness, if we're going to be able to model forgiveness truly we have to take a moment to understand and empathize there's a lot of times offense happens let's just say you're driving down the road and someone comes flying by you and they pull in front of you way too fast and you're like pastor steve and you realize there's a horn and you can use it so you just hold the horn for a while and you say some really nice things because you're happy about what they did that's me sometimes okay That's why God moved me out west where there isn't traffic and I don't have to worry about that anymore. (laughs) Who knows what that driver was driving so fast for? Who knows why they may have swerved or whatever? Who knows what was going on in their life? But so often 
We get so focused on what they owe, we don't stop to think about how they got to the place that they owe me so much. Words are such a powerful thing. And we, we say things sometimes and we want to put them back and we can't put them back. And sometimes it's because of something that happened a long time ago. Sometimes I'm mean to my wife and it's not because I'm mad at my wife. It's because I'm mad at the rest of my life. But my wife is the one who gets it. And so when I say forgive me, she can focus on the dumb thing that I said because I can guarantee I said something dumb this morning, probably yesterday and the next day. She can focus on the dumb thing I said or she can stop for a moment and understand where that came from. What's going on? So, so kingdom forgiveness, there's a moment of understanding and empathy. And then what does he do? He cancels the debt completely. I love that thought. He looks at the, the servant who, who's made an offer, right? What was his offer? I'll work. I'll sell fruit. I'll wash pastor's truck. I'll do whatever it takes to make a buck. I'm going to write a poem this morning. And, and the, the ruler looks at him and says, the debt has been forgiven. There was nothing else owed. There weren't strings attached to the forgiveness. So often in the world, so often ourselves, our forgiveness, it, it has these strings attached and the repayment that has to be made. This kingdom forgiveness stuff, it is tough stuff. Believe me, this is not easy to implement. It wasn't about, I forgive you, you can go do your thing, you can go live your life, and as you make money, just bring it to my door. He looked at the servant, and he said, your debt is canceled. Can you imagine, you get those letters from your mortgage company every month, and you wonder why you're paying so much more in interest, and you're only paying like $3.42 in principal, and that debt doesn't look like it's going anywhere. Can you imagine one Sunday, you, or, or one, not Sunday, because the mail doesn't come on Sunday, but it's a Sunday morning, so I said Sunday. Can you imagine one Monday, the mail comes, and you get that beautiful envelope from Wells Fargo, and you just can't wait to open it, and you stand at the mailbox and rip it open because you can't wait to see how much you owe them? And you look at the bill, and it says, your debt has been canceled. You see, the man, he understood and he had empathy. The man canceled the debt, but he also gave him freedom. He let him go. He said, go on your way. Go do your thing. You are free. We're free and clear. Can you imagine the, the weight that this gentleman is carrying? I don't like to, know, to owe any man anything. And so constantly when we owe, there's always that thought of what we owe, who we owe, when we owe, where we owe, how we owe. And all of a sudden we don't owe him anything. What happens? Dave Ramsey is a, is a rich man now because he's taught people how to get out of debt. <laughs> because suddenly there's freedom that comes from, from the debt being canceled. 
There's freedom that comes when, when, when the, the, what we owe is released or been repaid, right? Your forgiveness brings freedom. And when we forgive, we have to let them go. I've heard of marriages, and mine is not like this, and I'm not proclaiming that, and I don't want it to be. Where there's, a, there's something that happens, and then it always comes up. You know, we have this big blow up, and, and I spent the grocery money on a new set of golf clubs, whatever else, and, and then my wife was mad because we had to eat pork and beans for two weeks. And um, then every time I want to go to buy something, she brings up the golf clubs. And it's just a constant weight. It's a constant thing. The freedom that came through forgiveness was, yes, he owed a debt that he could not pay, that he would never be able to pay, that was going to be impossible for him to be able to pay. He, he had a debt that the, that the king looked at him and he had empathy. He said, I don't want you to sell your wife and kids. I don't want you to be separated. I, I get it. You want to stay together. I want that for your life. So I'm going to cancel this and I'm going to let you go. That's kingdom forgiveness. We see the, the servant in this parable uh, doesn't do so well with his side of the deal. Someone owes him uh, some denarii, which is a couple days wages, you know, whatever, uh, maybe a few weeks. And he goes to them and he has them beaten and thrown in jail. Kingdom forgiveness. There's a prayer that I think, if I started it, most of us could probably pray it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread uh, and forgive us our how. How many times have you prayed that prayer? If you're a Catholic boy like me, you've prayed it more times than you can count. We pray that prayer, but what is the standard of forgiveness that you've asked God to apply to your life? What have your words said to God? What have your words cried out to God when it comes to forgiveness in your life? Father, forgive me how? Let me be the model of forgiveness in my life. Let my willingness to forgive be the measure at which you forgive me. I don't like that perspective. That's been the prayer that I'm assuming everyone, maybe I'm wrong, has prayed in this room. This morning I want to talk about the perspective that you set. You've asked God, now you might want to repent for a little bit because God, I didn't mean that. (laughs) You've asked God to forgive you. How? With the measure that you forgive others. When I start thinking about that, it gets real sobering. Because I don't do a good job like that Lord, that Master. I often struggle with understanding and empathy. Sometimes it's hard for me just to release the debt. And I definitely can't let things go at times. What if God's forgiveness in your life was measured by your standards? The prayer that you've 
prayed, the words that you've spoken. God, I want you to forgive me when I can pay you back. I want you to forgive me, um, but remember, you still owe me $35.42. How would that feel? Wasn't there freedom that came when you realized the fullness of forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ? Like that weight of sin that was upon you, that weight of, of what sin meant, the death and, and, and the, the destruction that comes through sin. And when you realized, or, or when I realized that, that my sin has been forgiven completely, the payment of my sin had been paid, the bill already said paid in full, there was a freedom that came to me through that moment. But we don't often live in that kind of forgiveness in our own lives. The scripture is pretty clear when it comes to forgiveness, kingdom perspective. When you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone. So what is he saying? Who do you forgive? Everyone, right? If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, what does the Scripture say? Your Father. Neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. Be kind and compassionate, says in Ephesians, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Colossians chapter 3, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Luke chapter 6, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I'm telling you, it challenges my heart when I start to read the word about forgiveness. Anyone. Anything. Forgive. That issue that you can't forgive, I don't know what's happened. I don't know what offenses. I don't know what circumstances. I don't know what situations. I don't want to know. Maybe it's something that you can't forgive yourself for. Huh? Sometimes we can, God, we can measure forgiveness by how we forgive others, but we don't forgive ourselves for anything. We're our own worst critic and we've never forgiven ourselves. We make a mistake and we condemn ourselves and we put ourselves in this place, time out, whatever else. We've never forgiven ourselves. The measure with which you forgive is, is the measure with which you'll receive forgiveness. I think some people struggle with condemnation and struggle with being overwhelmed by sin because they've never truly experienced what it means to forgive. So your measure of forgiveness is affecting your life. There's perspective on forgiveness. How often do we see forgiveness for ourselves? 
Not for the one who offended, but this is, this is for me. I need to forgive. You know, the simplest illustration is, is offense. So many times we hold on to all those things. And we're holding on to this stuff and, and we just keep picking it up because we just can't really let go of anything. And we just juggle all this stuff and, and all of a sudden the easy tests, they become challenging. I mean, all of a sudden we've got to tie our shoes and we're getting frustrated because we're trying to tie our shoes and we're making a mess because we just keep trying to carry stuff. All these offenses, all the things that were said, the, the, the tweet that Trump sent out last night, or the response to the Democratic National... I mean, we take offense to things that we don't even need to worry about, that we can't... And, and we're carrying it around, and it's hindering us. It's hurting you, it's, it's hurting me, it's hurting those that are around me. I can't be effective when I'm carrying all this stuff. Kingdom perspective on forgiveness. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders. All these offenses. Let's just get rid of them. The sin. You say, well, wait, it wasn't my sin. It was their sin. But it's your sin not to forgive. The sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. The race that's been set out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He's forgiven you. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So make every effort, it says in verse 14 of that chapter. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy without holiness no one will see the Lord see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root root whichever way you want to say it grows up to cause trouble and defile many you guys can come forward kingdom perspective on forgiveness I said this morning, I I don't know what you're carrying. And I don't know how heavy that burden is. But what I know is there's freedom. Have you ever carried something for a while? You know, you got in your arms a big load of wood or something. And you're falling all over the place. You're carrying that wood to the fireplace. You want to make one trip instead of two, so you got more than you can carry. Balancing your chin on top. Stumbling, knocking things over on the way there. More work than you would ever have to worry about. What does it feel like when you get to the fireplace and you, <laughs> you just drop that wood? I mean, at that point, your arms just go up. You can't help it. They're so light. Because there's freedom that's come from letting go of that burden. There's, there's, there's something that happens when you can look at your dad and say, Dad, I forgive you. When you can look at your, your spouse or yourself, look at the mirror and say, I forgive you. Sometimes we have to forgive God. We're upset with the circumstance. We're upset with how things happen. And we develop a fence with God. And, and maybe we need to look at God. We've been carrying this burden that we come to church and we worship. But it, it just seems like there's something always in the way. 
Maybe it's as simple as just forgiven. Father, I come to you this morning. All around this room, God, I know we all are carrying different loans, loads, loans, debts, whatever it is. And I think, God, we've all prayed that prayer that says, forgive us our debts as we forgive those. God, I want that to be the standard. That's your word. That's your will. So help me to forgive. I forgive. There's freedom. There's joy. There's completeness. There's wholeness that comes through my forgiveness. That I can run that race that you've marked before me. That I can run without any obstacles. That I can run without any distractions. That I can run perfectly the race, God, that you've set out before me. Help me to forgive. Yes, the words hurt. Yes, the debt is unpayable, God. I get it. But I don't want it to hurt me anymore. I don't want it to hinder me anymore. So today, God, I forgive. Father, for everyone in this room, I pray that your spirit would speak to them. Spirit, that you reveal truth, that you reveal those hurts, those offenses that have been so heavy. God, I do pray for everyone in this room. Father, I know sometimes the hurts cause wounds and the wounds need to be healed. God, that is separate from forgiveness. So I pray for healing for every hurt. But I pray that each of us, God, could let go this day. As Walt and Carrie lead us in a chorus, I would open up the altar. I would open up the, you know, this time for, for you to just use some perspective on yourself. Are there things that you need to forgive? And sometimes in those hard things, we want someone to be with us. As a pastor, I'll be here if you would like for me to pray with you. If you want someone to stand with you. If there's someone else in the church that you trust that you just need to lean on, go to them or, or whatever. But make sure today you realize the kingdom perspective unforgiveness in your life. Sometimes we like our perspective and we don't like a a new perspective. I encourage you to dig into forgiveness, to, to dig into the freedom that comes through forgiveness. I'm not saying, you know, I thought about this as we were talking. I could hear someone saying, Pastor, you're just saying we just need to let someone walk all over us, dance on top of us. Guess what he did? He let him go. What does that mean? He set him free. He's not his problem anymore either, right? Sometimes we have to let things go. But I'm not saying we just continually subject ourselves. But we have to find the places, the hurts, the wounds that need forgiveness and forgive because of ourselves 
and what it's doing to us. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you walk in forgiveness. May you pray the Lord's prayer this week and mean it. Forgive me, God, as I've forgiven others. Let that be the standard in my life. May you pray that confidently. Amen? Be blessed.